Welcome to Holding Center, a podcast created to help you own and hold center stage, not only on show day, but also in your life. I'm your host, Ashley Markham, owner of Myo Strength, and joined with me is my co-host, Ashley Spoker, owner of B&B Fit. Let's hold center. Yo, Spilks, what's going on? How was your vacation? It was nice. It was really, really good. It was just Alex and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, we drove down to the Great Smoky Mountains, um, Tennessee, which is great. And then uh, we had a few days where we kind of just laid around. We hiked one day. Um, part of like the cabin we stayed at was like part of like a community cabin thing, I guess. Um, and there was a pool that we went to one day. We did like one day of like touristy things. We went to downtown Gatlinburg. We did like this thing called Anakista, which is like you ride this um, ski lift all the way up and they have like a little kind of built town on, on the mountain. Um, and there's like different things to do up there. There's like a roller coaster or something. We didn't do that, but we just took some really nice photos. We walked these bridges that were attached like high in the trees, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, it was nice to get away. Just kind of have a little reset. Um, I probably do this like twice a year. My last one was in February with Hawaii and now towards the end of the year is this mm-hmm. one. So it was good. Um, I had all my client check-in yesterday since, um, I took the week off from, from them as well. Um, so yesterday was an extremely busy day for me, um, with a whole bunch of athlete check-ins all being on one day, mm-hmm. as well as I have, um, my one athlete, Amber, who is competing in bikini this week, um, this weekend, actually Saturday NPC, um, muscle contest in Cali, San Diego, California. So that is exciting. Um, it'll be my first peak of an athlete in a different time zone, which is, better being on this side than the opposite. Like if I was in Cali and she was in Ohio or somewhere on the East coast, so I'll already be up, I'll be ready. Um, but we have been prepping for quite some time. She's had a 22 week prep. Um, but we have learned so much. We were able to do a week and a half of diet breaks. We were able to do refeeds. So I could really learn her body. Um, I actually sent you some pictures over last week. Um, you know, we both agree that she looks pretty good, um, shape wise, symmetrical wise. Um, I think she's, she's going to do well for this first, first show of hers. I'm very, very excited for her. Yeah. And plus like you showed me her suit and it's really cute. I'm not going to spoil it for people or for her. Um, cause I want her to have her own little suit reveal, but her suit looks really good on her. So good job on making those connections because we talk about like all these things that matter in your off season and in contest prep, but like Literally, there are there is a list of specific things that we've already had a podcast episode on when it comes to what really matters on show day. And especially since she's bikini, like it all matters when it comes to like the final presentation. And I think y'all did a good job with that suit color. Thank you. Yes, I'm excited to see her hair and makeup. We have that all figured out. I made her go and get her hair cut a little bit because mm-hmm. it was touching booty cheeks and we're not having that. Um but yeah, so that is my exciting factors for for this week. I'll be glued to my phone, my computer, just kind of taking care of her, monitoring her pretty much by the hour as we eat and, and things like that. But how are you? How was your past week? What do you have exciting going on for you? Yeah, it was good. First, I have a question. Did you see any black bears when you're on the Smoke Mountains? Yeah, dude, we did. We saw one. It came right up to our cabin. 
Uh, apparently, you're supposed to be like three bus lengths away, but we had to get pictures and um, a video, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys don't follow me, I will post another video. Um, what? This will be Thursday. So I'll post a video of the, the Black Bear. So check out my Instagram. <laughs> um, but um, it came right up to our cabin. And then it was like there was two stories. So like there was a bottom deck and an upper deck. And we were standing on the upper deck and it had like its pause on the lower deck like kind of like looking in yeah it was kind of scary but you guys have snacks yeah <laughs> no that's awesome the reason why I asked was the first time I went ever went backpacking was also the first time I ever took a family vacation with Eric and his family before like we were married or even engaged so it was literally like me and his mom like in a tent um since Eric and I were just dating and we went to um the Smoky Mountains and we were hiking Shenandoah National Valley I think that's I think that's the name of it and literally within the first like mile of us being on the trail, we saw like black bears. And I was like, so cool, but also like terrifying because like you're backpacking with like your food and shit like that. And there are some bears that like, you know, they just are food driven. And so it's not like they're trying to be aggressive. It's just like they smell that you got snacks and they want your fucking snacks. So that was cool, but also kind of like surreal because it's like, oh, this bear can maul me to death. Yeah, the first time I ever saw a bear, um, it was actually with Alex, but it was almost two or three years ago. We were in Lake Tahoe. We were in Cali mm-hmm. and um, never seen a black bear. Didn't know shit about them. I was on one of those like motorized scooters that you can ride around town. Yeah. Um, so I was like, oh, take my picture. And I rode the scooter probably really close to the bear, like maybe like 20 feet from it. And I was like, take my picture by it. And then late, yeah, literally later we Googled like how fast a bear can move and it can move apparently like 35, 40 miles an hour. And I was like, cool. The scooter went 15. I almost probably died, but thank God it was like eating some trash or something. And I didn't have any snacks on me, <laughs> but so yeah. So, and obviously like bears are Alex's favorite animals. He knows all these fucking facts about them, which is crazy. But, um, so it was really cool that we, we got to see that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. No, my week's been good. Injuries feeling a lot better. We're at like 90, 95% cause I've been injecting that, uh, BPC 157 into like that intercostal space. And my posing is a little bit, uh, limited still. Um, I have a posing session with Kenny, uh, next week that I think I'm going to reschedule, because I want to make sure that I can actually like pose and make the most of it um, without being mm-hmm. in pain or exacerbating the injuries. But since I'm being good and selecting different exercises, I am feeling a lot better, which is good for sure. Um, I signed a figure athlete and she's a lot of fun to work with. She's really, really cool and a hard worker. And so that's really fun. Um, it's starting to be like fall in Charleston. So like the weather isn't as ungodly hot. Um, I can start wearing more sweatpants and beanies to the gym and y'all know I'm a beanie bitch. So I'm really excited about that, but no, nothing, nothing super exciting to, to really catch you up on, like just kind of like the same, same shit, different day, but we still, we still being grateful. We definitely enjoy that same shit, different pile, right? So, but we have a really good topic this week, um, especially since we have, um, one of my athletes being their first time getting on stage. And then it just kind of ties into the fact that things Ash and I are going to talk about that we wish we would have done differently the first time that we prepped and think that these key points are are very, very important. So, um, you know, when you when you go into the situation and decide that you want to take take on competing in a bodybuilding competition. It's, it's a big commitment, right? Um, there are a lot of unknowns. There are a lot of things that I wish I knew the first time around. I literally woke up. Well, I thought about it for, for quite some time and I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to compete. 
didn't have the knowledge that I have now, you know, almost five years later, I just was like, I want to do this, right? So for the first thing that I want to check off our list is what I wish I would have done differently was more researches or more one-on-one calls with different coaches. I was um, living in Ohio at the time. Actually, I actually, no, I moved to Florida. I lied, but I was from Ohio, obviously. Um, and I only knew of like one coach and he was based in Ohio. He had all these girls going to the show. This was back in 2017. Um, and that was all I knew. Um, followed him on Instagram and that was like, okay, cool. Like, that's just what I'm going to do. He has like 30 girls going to the show that didn't really know any of their coaches. I didn't know anything else. Um, so I literally just went on, I think there was like a website or a link in the bio and clicked on it and I signed up and that was it. Didn't know much about him. Didn't know much about the team other than he puts girls on stage and that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the same thing for me. Like I had done this like little four week shred. That's essentially like the last four weeks of uh, of prep where it was like really high cardio, really low calories to get these insane results and win some cash. And even though I was a finalist, I didn't win, but that kind of like jump started like my interest in competing. Um, and so I reached out to a friend who she did fitness up in Ohio and I saw her compete at Kent state. And so I was like, Oh, well, who's your coach? And she, I was like, or who, who can I like like talk to, to find a coach. Cause again, like I had no idea what I was doing and I had no idea about coaches, but I knew that I needed to hire a coach. Cause I had no idea what I was doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And she gave me two names. And so I reached out to both of these Ohio coaches and I'm not going to name names. Um, but one was like, let's hop on a call. You know, we got on a call and it, it was like, obviously really, really cool that he like took time to, you know, explain like, kind of like what some things I needed to consider when it came to first competing and the other coach, I emailed them and it was like, the response back was send me a photo of you in your bikini smiley face. And I was like, okay, so I'm not going with you. Cause that was weird. Um, and I was super uncomfortable with that. So I went with the guy that I had the phone call with and like, I do wish I would have done more research. Cause although he had a lot of athletes that he took to stage, he had a lot of athletes. And so I could tell that like, with some of the check-in responses and overall programming, it wasn't as specific to me as I was led on to believe, which I do think impacted my results and also how I viewed bodybuilding and how I viewed coaching, because I was like, oh, if everything's generic, it's like, then why does it matter? You know? So I Mm -hmm. definitely agree with you there, like more research when it came to like finding a coach and not just taking someone's word of mouth, like asking more athletes, like, Hey, who do you work with? Why do you like them? Mm-hmm. And that's something that I think if you're first starting out, you should like talk to the people, the person that you were wanting to hire or talk to their athletes or talk to other athletes. So that way you can get their experience and also get to know the person you're thinking about working with, because it's not just a financial decision. Like, yes, that's part of it, but also personality wise, training philosophy wise, like what's the response time, you know, making sure that it is going to be a good fit. And you're not just throwing cash at someone because, you know, they have a fairly good track record, but you never know like, okay, well, are they actually working with this athlete or is this, are they paying this athlete to like work with them? And even though the athlete is not doing their programming, because that happens, right? Like we have coaches out there that will pay to work with these insane athletes and the athletes aren't doing their programming. They just want to look good. Right. And that's something that I had no idea about until I became more, you know, 
like uh, more rehearsed in the space where I was like, oh shit, that actually goes on. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, And I think one point, last point I want to make on researching a coach before we get into number two here is really knowing yourself as well. You have to know who you're compatible with. Um, Some people only like male coaches. Some people only like female coaches. Um, You have to know how you like to be coached essentially and talk to, which a good coach will understand that and realize that and have different dynamics with each athlete. But I really think you have to understand who you are as a person and like what you are looking to gain during this experience as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which number two on our list is um, things I would have done differently was talk to more athletes and gather like their experiences um, because I, one of the biggest things I, I think I was shocked about was reversing afterwards. I had no idea. I thought prep was prep and that was it. It just was show day. It ended, life went on. Um, but also going through like the whole experience of like, how much time does this really take? Um, what is my day in and day out going to look like? Do you enjoy it? Even when it is hard and difficult, like, do you still find satisfaction? Um, and just getting their experiences, not only with their coach and other athletes and the sport as a whole, but also like what they believe in their perception as well. Like, I wish I would have had somebody I knew because I, none of my friends, nobody I knew was in this community at all. Like, it was just something that I kind of saw online, something that I wanted to do. Like, I kind of knew here and there. And then um, I just kind of dove in head first, but I didn't talk to a single athlete prior to um, joining the team that I was on until I got on the team. And I was like, oh, wow, like started making friends throughout the community, internet friends, all of that things, which was, which was obviously great. But I think talking to other people who are in it and have been in it is extremely beneficial um, just so you can kind of get like the real, the raw um, and better understanding and ask questions if, you know, there's certain things that you want to know about the process of competing. Yeah. from an athlete's standpoint and not a coach's standpoint, I should say. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, I know a mistake I made was I was, if it fits your macros girl, because that was the coach that I hired, like he didn't do meal plans and there wasn't really any education when it came to nutrition. And so, because I was still kind of like in my eating disorder days where I just wanted to eat like fun foods and eat shit. Like I had like a lot of issues when it came to my relationship with food, like the foods that I chose to eat how that impacted my muscle growth, how that impacted my recovery. And it just wasn't good. And so I really wish I would prioritize more nutrition when it comes to eating single ingredient food items and also not being as restrictive. And so unfortunately, like the way that I was a plant-based athlete or a vegan, if you will, is a, I, it was essentially a spiral off of my eating disorder when it came to restriction and considering foods that were safe or healthy or not safe or unhealthy. And I found that the more I restricted myself, like the worse my relationship with food and my myself was. And so I really wish I would have taken the time to like prioritize eating single ingredient food items, like whole foods and not playing like the macro Tetris with how much shit and junk and artificial stuff can I eat just to like eat, you know what I'm saying? Like even in the off season when calories are ample and you shouldn't be hungry, like I was always using like the Joseph's like lavash wraps and shit like that, trying to create like, you know, little protein, like snack hacks when it's like, I didn't need to be doing that. Even in prep, I didn't need to be doing that, but I was doing that anyway. Cause I was thinking that like, oh, it's not that important. And it wasn't until later, like right now when I realized, oh no, real food, single ingredient food items, that is much more important because not only do you remain full and satisfied a lot longer, but then 
you're not like fooling yourself and lying to yourself that, oh, this like chemical ridden cinnamon bun with like lavash red and fucking protein powder tastes exactly like a Cinnabon because I told myself, right? It's like I made a little like protein paste when we <laughs> put it on a lavash wrap. I would like cut it with a little pizza cutter and air fry it. And I was like, oh no, this tastes as good as Cinnabon. Like, bitch, no, the fuck it don't. But Ew. I was so delusional and so food focused that I didn't realize that the reason why I was so like unhappy is because I wasn't being honest with myself. And so I really wish that I would have like looked at fuel or food as fuel and food as mm. like enjoyment as well. And to enjoy real foods. So that way, when I had like an untracked meal or a free meal, like I could eat something that was again, real, but not be so focused on what the meal was rather enjoying the meal with someone that I cared about, like Eric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's number three on our list for, for pretty much just like eating more whole foods. And mm-hmm. I think that goes with, um, a lot of what you said is definitely the mental aspect of it Two, your physique is going to look a lot better. Three, you're going to have better digestion. Um, but I remember for myself personally, and this is probably going to give away some, some, hints on who was coaching me at the time, but for my refeed days, I would eat a either candy or cereal. Um, and that was like the normal for the team that I was on. I was like, Oh yeah, just eat a bunch of cereal, eat a bunch of crap. That's fine. We will peak with cereal anyways. And I remember just every single time I would have a refeed, I would feel extremely bloated. I would not feel good. I would hold a lot of water. Like it just was not worth it. And even the same as you stated, like I did a lot of, if it fits in my macros, um, I would say I relatively ate kind of clean. Like I had vegetables and things like that, but for the most part, like I was still trying to fit in random stuff when I needed it, certain candy, certain junk food, um, which did not benefit me at all. It contributed to post-show binging in my opinion, but yes. So one thing I wish I would have done differently was eat more whole foods. And now even in my office season, that's pretty much all I consume is a lot of whole foods. I saw yesterday on your Instagram for your refeed that you did a bunch of just whole foods that you already had and just didn't weigh it out, which is great. Um, so I definitely, definitely think that is something to consider as well, which maybe this ties into making sure that you have a good relationship with food prior to starting prep as well. That could have been put on the list. We didn't really have it on there, but um, definitely having a a good relationship with food, um, not being in like an eating disorder mindset um, where you're restricting or you're yo-yo dieting or you're binging or you just don't have the knowledge that food is fuel and you know what nutrients does for our bodies rather than just viewing it as you know calories in calories out kind of thing um number four and this is going to be a heavy hitter for for ash and i because we both lacked this so much and i think showed uh, uh, in our first time ever stepping on stage was um, our training program. So I wish I knew more about training. I wish I knew what training till failure was. I wish I knew how to select exercises for my body. I wish I had a coach that provided training for me because I didn't. My first coach, it was just macros. And then you either had to write your own training program or hire a different coach that specialized in some type of, of training for you. But I definitely wish I would have focused more on my training. I was in the mindset and I will openly admit this, that when you're in prep, um, you don't gain muscle. The goal is just to lose fat. So I really didn't focus on training as much as I should have. I was all like, it's gotta be low calories and I gotta be moving and I have to have a lot of cardio. Um, but as far as like training went, it was not, 
the main focus for me. And I know that is something that you experienced as well, Ash. Yeah, for me, it was just death by volume and overtraining because I wanted to be in the gym because like I didn't know who the hell I was outside of bodybuilding. So I would just place like in the gym because that's all I was, was the gym. I was the gym girl, right? Mm-hmm. So like it was literally like most training days would be like eight to 15 exercises and the sets would range from three to six and the rep ranges from five to a hundred. Right. And I don't mean like, I'm not exaggerating. I literally mean a hundred reps. And it's one of those things where it's like, it was just completely beating my body into the ground. And I thought, because I had so much volume that, Oh, I was this intense, bad bitch. And in reality, that's why I looked on stage emaciated because I wasn't able to grow muscle because I wasn't recovering. And so Mm -hmm. I didn't understand the importance of learning to train really hard, but recover harder, right? I didn't prioritize sleep. I didn't prioritize like eating a a, a good nutrition, a good diet. And I didn't prioritize learning how to properly train. And that's something that I wish when I looked for my first coach was someone that would put effort and time and invest into my training. That way our efforts would be you know, fruitful when it comes to putting on muscle in the off season. That way, when you do enter a contest prep, you already have those good habits down and you're able to retain the muscle tissue that you built, right? Because obviously the goal of prep, yes, is to shred fat, but it's also to retain tissue. And you do that through heavy, hard training and recovering from that training. And I just didn't understand that. I was like, Ash, and I was like, oh, I just need to get like skinny. And Mm -hmm. Yeah, I did. I I did exactly that. I got skinny and I stepped on stage. I looked emaciated. Yeah, no, I I agree. And I think that you can definitely tell um, with competitors, whether they're first time or even they've been around the block a few times is who really prioritizes their training and who doesn't because they, they have that look of either their muscles, they don't have like the density or maturity of it, which granted it does take time, but you can definitely tell when someone looks more emaciated and just was trying to get that extremely lean, skinny physique versus the actual criteria that the judges are looking for, which is muscular as well as being lean on top of it. So number five on our list, which I think is a good one, um, is I wish I would have been in therapy at least once in my life prior to competing or during the time of me competing, um, which can kind of tie into one of our other ones along the list, but like a support group as well. But I really wish that I would have had some type of knowledge with being in therapy and working through some of my my own issues prior to competing. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk out there that says like bodybuilding doesn't heal you. It exposes you. Uh, and I think it does a little bit of both. Um, I think it exposes you and and definitely rips you down and, and leaves you, you know, laying in the corner, naked, crying, but, um, that's what you have to do in order to build yourself back up. But I definitely think that if you are looking for something to save you, bodybuilding is not it, Right. Um, and Asha said it already in this podcast that, you know, she didn't know who she was outside of bodybuilding. So I definitely are outside of the gym. So I definitely believe that you need to take accountability for yourself, who you are, where your mental aspect is, because prep is challenging. It's not something that's easy. It's not something that's light. It's not something that you're just going to 
dance or prance on through. Like it does take a lot of, you know, hardship mentally on you. Um, it is extremely difficult. And if you don't have the right mindsets at prior to starting or even throughout it, like you will not be successful. And that's the reality of it. Yeah. For me, like body, I allowed bodybuilding to consume me. Right. And I'm choosing those words really carefully because you will see people post that bodybuilding, like gave me an eating disorder or bodybuilding, like ruined my relationship with myself. And it's like, bodybuilding is a sport that you, the athlete competes in. So I allowed bodybuilding to consume me. And I put old, like things that I used to do on the back burner, because I thought I had to be this badass hardcore athlete that could only like train, sleep, eat, and like take booty photos. Right. That's just what I Mm. thought bodybuilding was. And then it wasn't until I realized that bodybuilding does expose you in a way Um, if you allow it to, because you're not in the right headspace. And so having like a stronger support group, maybe meeting with a therapist, or at least having people that understand like your struggles and can help and relate, I think is very, very beneficial as an athlete. Because for me, like bodybuilding saved me in a lot of ways. It gave Mm -hmm. me friends that understand the sport. Like it gave me Ash. I've never once been able to give Ash a big old hug, but you know, bodybuilding gave me Ash because she is a competitor. So she understands like not only the the struggles of bodybuilding, but also just like what it's like to be human. And so I'm very blessed and fortunate in that way. But at the same time, bodybuilding also exposed a lot of like my eating disorders and my tendencies to restrict and to punish and do a lot of the things that I did out of self-hatred rather Mm -hmm. than taking on the mentality that when you are a bodybuilder, you are an athlete. Right. And like, don't sleep or don't like shrug off the word athlete. Like what do athletes do? They train really hard. They take care of their bodies. They take care of their mental well-being. Like that's what athletes do. And we're talking like at the Olympic level, right? They train, they recover, they have a life. It's not just done out of self-hatred. It's done out of self-appreciation. It's not to say that those athletes don't have like either bad body image days or their own struggles when it comes to their competitive nature, but It's done out of a place of wanting to pursue personal excellence. And I think if you're in the proper headspace, you can realize that bodybuilding can give you that if you're ready to receive it and grow into that athlete. But that's something that I really missed out on initially is I did it out of a place out of restriction and self-hatred and self-loathing. And you'll quickly learn that if you make that mistake like I did, it will be a short-lived fuse because that clean, that, that fuel does not run clean whatsoever. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think it it takes a lot of, of self-realization to come to that point. And I also think too, that when you are in that good mindset, when you have that, that mental capability, bodybuilding just becomes so much more fun. Like I compare my first prep to my second prep and my first prep, like I was not in a good mental spot. I did it for the wrong reasons. I did not have the support. I didn't have a lot of things or knowledge. And, um, I definitely did not enjoy the process and I didn't think I was going to come back to bodybuilding. Um, I took a six month hiatus, didn't do anything bodybuilding related during that time. And then when I came back, I was in a much better spot, had um, extensive therapy during that time. And here I am years later and I love it. I absolutely love it. I enjoy the process. I enjoy this lifestyle. There's nothing more that I would rather be doing is one of my hobbies than the sport. So I definitely think that utilizing therapy, mental health is huge. Um, and that's something that I wish I would have done the first time around because it made my experience completely different and way more enjoyable. 
Number six on our list is, my God, I fucking did this. Um, I wish that I would have hired a coach prior to prep and not the day of prep. I don't know what your experience was like, but mine was like, um, hey, sent an email over. I want to prep. There's a show in my hometown on this date. What do you think? It was like 24 weeks away. They're like, yeah, let's go. Let's start. And that was it. Like, I did not have a like building phase, learning my body, figuring out my baseline. It was just, all right, here we go. Here's some macros. Let's see if you gain weight, lose weight, yada, yada, yada. Okay, great. And then week two, I guess it was, it was go time. And we just started going into a deficit. So I definitely wish I would have hired a coach that learned my body a little bit more. We had more time to build a relationship, build muscle, do do a lot more things differently than just show up and be like, Hey, I'm ready to prep for a, a contest, um, in, you know, 12 weeks or eight weeks, which I think is still a phenomenon now, especially for first time competitors. They believe that, okay, I want to prep. I'm just going to hire this coach. Here's a show. I'd like to do it. It's in 16 weeks. Mm-hmm. And that's not ideal. I'm sorry. That's not ideal. Unless you are someone who, literally has extremely good genetics, already has good work ethics, already has some knowledge on the sport and is like, okay, cool. Like I've been doing this. I've been tracking my macros X, Y, and Z. Even then it's a little hard. I kind of compare it to like, you've did, you've done this, but like taking over someone's prep in the middle of it. And you're like, shit. Um, now I got to learn a whole body. It's not something that I have, I have ever done. I don't think I would. Um, because I like the time to learn my athletes, not guess, and just kind of build that relationship and build the the foundation and things that I personally like and makes and things that I think make athletes successful. Mm-hmm. I thankfully did not do that. I actually did enter into an off season, but again, how fruitful was that off season? Because it was macros based. I didn't prioritize nutrition. I didn't prioritize hard training. I didn't prioritize rest or recovery. So even though I have the ability to work up food to a decent level, like everything else, like even though those boxes were like being checked, they weren't being checked intentionally. So like, yeah, maybe I have a leg up on that, but because I still wasn't doing things properly, like how much did that help me? I can't say for certain that it helped me enough to really matter, but I do think that's a great like tip and something to consider is like, you don't just want to be like, Hey, I'm ready to do a contest. Right. It's like, well, bodybuilding isn't just a contest, right? Like if you want to like adopt the sport of bodybuilding or see if it's for you, treat it like an athlete. Like I said, go have an athlete's mentality of like understanding what it means to be in a, a surplus or bulk or whatever, to add on tissue, see what it's like to, you know, enter into maybe like a little cleanup phase or a mini cut or whatever you want to see. So that way you can see how you respond mentally and your coach can see how you respond mentally and physically. So that way you guys get the best information to work together as a team. That way, when you are in that pre prep period, you can like start really turning on that mindset and that mentality. So that way, when it is go time, you pull the trigger and you have a lot less things popping up and struggles, not saying that you won't struggle because of course you will, but a lot less things to pop up and kind of derail you. Um, The last point I want to talk about is like knowing your why, because I know that like we kind of talked about having a stronger support group, but for me, like I just wanted to compete for the sparkly bikini and the stage shots and looking shredded. Right. Cause I thought that was going to like be the penultimate, like I made it mom. 
not realizing that when I reached that goal, I was like, okay, but now what? And for me, like the reason why I bodybuild is I, but it was for many reasons. It's one, I really respect and appreciate this sport when it comes to wanting to pursue excellence and greatness and to push yourself far beyond what you think you're capable of. And that's just like a personal goal. But I also want to, the way I bodybuild, I want to show other people that it doesn't have to be like this super strict sport down out of self-hatred and negativity and like roboticism, right? Because I think a lot of the times you think that you have to be a robot to be a bodybuilder. And while there is like monotony in some of the things that you do, that this is necessarily a bad thing. And you can still like bodybuild for yourself and pursue other areas of interest and still be a person outside of the sport. And so really my goal as a bodybuilder, whether or not I earn my pro card or what have you, I want to be a good ambassador for the sport. When someone thinks of a bodybuilder, I don't want someone to think of this like self-absorbed conceited jackass that like just screams in the gym, doesn't react their weights, you know, tears their shirt in the gym to like, just be this like mega monster. I want someone to be like, Oh, she's kind. She helps out people. She goes the extra mile. You know, she represent her herself well in the sport of bodybuilding. Well, maybe I should look into bodybuilding and see what, if it's more than just a pretty physique on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My first season, um, my why was all ass backwards. I was in a toxic relationship and I honestly just like wanted to do it to be like skinny and shredded. I'm not even gonna lie about that. Um, that's what I was like, okay, yeah, I just want to be ripped. I want to be shredded. I want to lose weight. Um, and I want to be fucking cool doing it. So, um, and that was all for the wrong reasons. And that's probably why I did not enjoy the experience whatsoever. But yeah, I think knowing your why and why you want to do this, um, is is a key factor and if you're there's a lot of wrong reasons to do it and those are the people that don't typically survive in this sport i'll be honest you you fall out pretty quick you either don't make it through your whole prep or you do it through your prep and then you just talk a bunch of shit about the sport and how awful it is um because you didn't do it because you actually wanted to do it you did it more for like a valid validated reason for whatever whatever that may be whatever you feel like you're lacking and you need that validation you find it through being the center of attention on stage which is fun and it's great right but um i definitely think knowing your why like for me like if i never got on stage i and i never had social media i would still fucking do it i don't even care like i personally just love doing shit. That's hard. That's difficult. And I love like proving to myself that like I can do hard things, like no matter what life throws at me. And that's why I enjoy it. I enjoy that sense of accomplishment when I'm done, when I'm like, holy shit, this is hard. I like when you're in the thick of it and you feel like you're not going to make it, um, where you're like, Jesus Christ, you have that adrenaline rush of like, this shit's fucking hard. This sucks. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. And then somehow you miraculously do it. And that's why I enjoy it. So like, if there is something else out there that is relatively the same, I would probably do it too. <laughs> um, because that's my why. Like I enjoy that process and I enjoy that self-satisfaction of feeling good, knowing that like I can do, you know, hard things. And it, it carries over into a lot of things in my life. So yeah, that became my reason why, but I would have never gotten there if I didn't take those six months away from the sport and really dive into like who I am and what I needed. But I definitely think like this is a really good starting point as to like things that we wish we would have done differently um, prior to, to starting our bodybuilding career. And this is just a few things to name. I I could probably go on forever with 
I wish I would have done differently or things I wish I would have known prior to. But I think that, you know, these are the key points is definitely researching um, a good coach, um, getting involved. You know, that would be another one, like talking with other athletes and kind of getting involved. Um, Last thing I'm going to say, and then Ash can wrap it up, but maybe going to a show prior to actually committing to it and watching the show is like, because I actually, that was actually one thing that I did do. I went and viewed a show Mm -hmm. that was local to my house. Um, but yeah, I definitely think in kind of seeing what show day is like and seeing how it's run and seeing what the athletes look like, I think that's super beneficial as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I did that as well. Um, that's kind of what sparked my interest is like, I saw, like I said, all the show day glam and stuff like that. And I was like, wow, I want that. Not realizing the the amount of effort that it was going to take to get there. But again, I'm glad I did. Right. So even though we made like all of these mistakes and we wish we would have done them differently, we still learned through it and became better because of it. So if you find yourself maybe like making these similar mistakes and want to talk to Asher, I reach out and just kind of like talk about ways that maybe you could try things differently. Like we're, we're open and on uh, vulnerable to talk about our experiences clearly. Right. And we're happy to kind of like walk you through maybe even further about things we wish we would have done differently or how we've overcome those things when it comes to like either working with a coach or you know, at least just becoming a better athlete, but thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next time. Um, and we're going to be talking about EDs in the sport of bodybuilding. So eating disorders in the sport of bodybuilding, because that is very prevalent. And that's something that's near and dear to my heart. Um, but we'll catch you next time. In the meantime, peace. Adios.